Welcome to Storyteller's Pub, where we always have something dark on tap. I'm D.L. Strand. This week, we're bringing to you the audiobook, Into the Storm, book one from the Tales of the Lighthouse Saga, written and performed by D.L. Strand. This story contains harsh language, adult situations, and graphic violence. It may be too intense for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You can find this book on Amazon and most online retailers, or you can download it from my website. Simply go to storytellerspub.com and click on the free book link. Now sit back and relax while I bring to you chapters 3 and 4 of Into the Storm. Am, Sam, wake up, Sam! Consciousness hit me like a slap to the face. Actually, it was a slap to my face. I put up my hands to ward off any more blows. Knock it off, I said as I opened my eyes. Max knelt over me, her face a mask of concern, her hand poised to hit me again. The smeared mascara made her eyes look sunken and the rest of her makeup, well, it was gone. I'm awake. I tried to sit up and realized that I hurt. A lot. Everywhere. Reality gushed in with the thunder of waves crashing around us. Hey, you okay? She asked. I fought through the pain and sat up. My body felt like a giant, stiff, soggy bruise. I looked around and saw the boat lying awkwardly on its side just a few feet from us. A dead fish out of water. The motor, its mount twisted in the crash, hung awkwardly from the stern like a broken limb. The oar and orange life jackets lay scattered on the ground nearby. I didn't see her cat. Help me up. Max stood and offered her hand. I grabbed it and together we managed to get me to my feet. We stood on a narrow rocky shelf, slightly higher than the sea level. Waves crashed over the edges. The shelf was tiny just a little larger than the small house I shared with my grandma. Behind us, the rock wall shot almost straight up into the storm. A glimmer caught my eye. The flashlight lay just a few feet away, a tiny beacon shooting out into the night. Cautiously, I went over, bent down, and picked it up. The world pitched as I straightened, but I managed to stay on my feet. Max's hair clung to her face. She seemed to be looking to me to lead the way. It wasn't like her. I was just about to say something when an immense wave hit our little rocky shore and drowned us yet again with icy salt water. This isn't safe, I yelled over the roar of the weather and surf. No shit. Together we stumbled over to the boat and dragged it up to the cliff face. What now, she yelled. I turned toward the wall and pointed up with my thumb. We climb. I looked back at the boat. My grandpa and I had shared countless sunrises and sunsets in it, caught a lot of fish, shared a lot of stories. I always felt connected to him when I took her out. Looking at it now, lying broken on the ground, it felt like those memories belonged to another person. We had to push on. The rain pounded down on our heads as we made our way across the slick rock. I led Max to the stairs cut into the rock almost a hundred years ago. As we reached the first step, I heard a sound. Faint, but high-pitched, like a whine. A trick of the rain, I thought. I took a breath, 
took hold of both handrails and stepped onto the first stair, then looked up. The steps rose into the gloom, arched to the right, and ultimately disappeared into the stormy night. I was contemplating my next step when I heard the cry again, cutting through the din, louder this time. It sounded sad, lonely. Did you hear that? I asked. She looked at me. Her expression very clearly said, Seriously? Did I hear something? You mean, like, pounding rain and waves beating all around us? Did I hear that? Because, yes, I fucking hear that. Any more stupid questions, numbnuts? Max's face could be very expressive sometimes. Fine. I imagined it. Despite my tough guy facade, I'm afraid of a lot of things. Confrontation, big blonde assholes named Kavanaugh, Mrs. Morgan, my fourth grade teacher, being home by myself at night, and so on. Heights, though, they topped the list. Still, it didn't usually affect me. Tall buildings? Santa Carla had a precious few. Airplanes? I'd never flown in one. The boardwalk Ferris wheel? That was a key detail of a school field trip that went horribly wrong. At any rate, as I stared up at the climb, exposed to the elements, savaged by rain and whipped by the cutting wind, this was gonna suck. Max laid her hand on my back encouragingly. Come on! I took a second step, and then a third. It helped to know that Max followed right behind. With her assurance, I climbed on. Step by torturous step, with Max at my back, I managed to make it up the first half of the climb. Then the way steepened. Each step just a little taller, as the stairway bent to the right. My confidence felt as tentative as my grip, slippery on the handrails. I hazarded a glimpse down. I couldn't see the landing, lost in the mist below. The angle of the steps made it seem that the stairs simply ended, and to slip now was to plunge down through the air and into the boiling sea. My belly flipped a cartwheel. I felt dizzy. I had to stop to take a few breaths and get my fear under control. Max, concentrating on her own steps, collided into my back. Hey! I stared at the step in front of me, unable to move, frozen. In my head, a video played a horror show of one unlikely catastrophe after another. One showed me slipping on a step, knocking Max over and following her down into the sea, or splattering on the rocky ledge below. Another had me whipped off the rock face by a sudden massive wind gust and blowing like a discarded paper into the churning waves. In the most creative one, I ducked under the metal handrail, ran a mad dash to the edge of the rock, then dove, making a perfect swan dive into the hungry depths. She patted me on the back. Move your ass, she commanded. Tentatively, I began climbing again, trying to focus on my breathing. Inhale for two steps, exhale for two steps, over and over. I kept my head down, staring at the solid rock and my soggy shoes. My feet, cold, wet, and numb inside, could hardly feel the stairs beneath them. The ground shuddered like it had been struck by a gigantic fist. I stopped. What the hell was that? I asked, still staring at my shoes. I don't know. Maybe a big wave hit the other side of the island, she yelled in my ear. Keep going. I took another step. I stopped again, 
This time I knew what I heard. It wasn't a human cry, but what the hell was a cat doing here? Where was it? I gazed to the right and left. Nothing, just rain. I took another step. A flash lit up the sky. Thunder rocked the world. Neon afterimages blinded my eyes. Lightning. Of course there was lightning. The one thing I hadn't imagined was getting blasted into oblivion by God's own fucking fickle finger of fate. Then I realized that the railings I clasped in each hand were just long metal pipes running from the sky to the earth. Perfect lightning rods. My legs, already weak, threatened to give out. My breath labored. The ground seemed to tip sideways. I can't! The voice in my head screamed. Overwhelmed, I knelt down on the stair and melted into a full-blown panic attack. Max patted me on the back again. Then she did it again, more insistently this time. I couldn't move. It's one thing to talk yourself into taking a high-rise elevator or something. Maybe I'll do it one day. But this fear wasn't theoretical. It wasn't hypothetical. It wasn't irrational. We were going to die. Stars exploded in my eyes as something smacked me in the back of my head. Max had had enough. Snap out of it, she yelled. I stayed rooted where I was. I'd lost control of my limbs. She screamed as she slapped the back of my head a few more times, and then her blows traveled frantically down to my shoulders and arms. I couldn't tell you what she said, so absorbed was I in my fear. I was not going to budge. Her blows ceased. A second later, she lowered her lips to my ear and said low and threatening, Move your pansy ass, or I swear to God, I'm going to throw you off this fucking rock myself. That did the trick. Loathing my fear, I forced myself up and took a step, and then another. A jagged flash lit up the sky again. Thunder shook the rock under our feet, and though I hesitated, I didn't stop this time. Blinking, I continued on. It wasn't just my life on the line. Max depended on me too. Our clothes clung to our limbs, restricting our movements and making each step harder than the last. Legs burned, shoulders ached. Our hands gripped with stiff, impotent fingers. Still, we pushed on. Up and up we climbed through the wet, windy, terrifying, torrential hell that was this night until, finally, exhausted but somehow not entirely defeated, we reached the top and stepped onto the summit. The storm raged on every side, threatening to sweep us out into the night while the lighthouse stood impassively to our left, daring us to enter. Chapter 4. Follow That Cat Any thought I had about feeling safer on top of the rock disappeared as soon as we climbed off the stairs. Seeing the storm from here was like staring up into hell itself. The clouds boiled, dark and heavy with malice. The rain stung when it hit. The wind blasted us, threatening to sweep us off our hard-won perch. We leaned into the storm and made our way to the front door. At one time, 
It had been painted a dark color, possibly red. It was impossible to make out specific colors in the gloom. But decades of harsh wind and rain had scrubbed away most of the original paint, leaving strips resembling bloody gashes cut into the bleached and battered old wood. I reached for the corroded knob and tried to turn it. It wouldn't budge. I was about to throw my weight against the door when I felt a tap on my shoulder. Let me! Max yelled over the storm. This was more her style. She tried her luck with the doorknob, then she stepped back and gave the door a solid kick. It didn't budge. It was like watching her kick a stone slab. She threw her shoulder into it with the same result. This was not going well. A mournful cry cut through the hellish night, much clearer than before. It sounded close. I took a few steps along the lighthouse wall. Movement caught my eye just a few yards away. It was small, hardly taller than my shin. I crept forward a few more steps. It walked on four legs with a graceful elegance, and then it sat down and simply stared at me. Its tail clocked back and forth. It was a house cat, that much I could tell, but as I drew closer, it seemed, but I knew it couldn't be. Still, it bore a disturbing resemblance to Max's cat, the one that should have been lying soggy and stiff on the rock below. I crept forward slowly to get a better look. As I approached, it cried again. This time I heard it clearly. I remembered the flashlight in my back pocket. I took it out, pointed it at the beast, and flicked the switch. It was like shining a light at a movie screen. It just washed out. I scanned in every direction, sweeping the area with my light. It illuminated the rain, but there was no cat. I snapped my gaze to the wall. There it was again. I whipped the light toward it, and again, it disappeared. I flicked the light off, and there it was. The fuck are you doing? I almost jumped out of my skin. I didn't hear her walk up behind me. The cat arched its back, its fangs bared. I gestured toward it. Tell me I'm not going nuts. You're not. Watch. I pointed the light at the cat and flicked it on, then turned it off. It disappeared just like before. Max didn't say a word. She simply snatched the flashlight and shined it at the boarded up windows. There were four tall windows recessed into the wall. Plywood filled the space where glass should have been. The bottom sills came down to my chin. She approached the first one. The cat, standing its ground just a few paces away, screeched. Tell me you heard that. She didn't bother looking at me. I hear you being an asshole. As far as she was concerned, there was no cat. Fine. She examined the plywood pounding on it with her fist. I kept my distance, my attention sliding to the impossible figure perched below the second window. I tried to grasp what I was looking at. It felt like when you see a simple math equation done incorrectly. You know it's wrong, but sometimes you just can't put your finger on why it's incorrect. It just doesn't add up. It was just wrong. I studied it, trying to figure out why that was. It took a moment, 
then the details began to emerge. I noticed, for example, that despite the soaking rain, its fur appeared dry, and it wasn't ruffled by the wind. There was also the trick with the flashlight. Max finished with the first window and moved to the second where the cat waited, spitting hate at her as she approached. I held my breath. Would it bite? Would her foot pass through it? At the last moment, it crept out of her way, hissing as it did. Oblivious, Max pounded on the wood, checked the edges, then moved on to the next. She repeated this two more times. Each window proved as secure as the last. Head down, the cat prowled around her and headed to the wall's edge. It looked back at me and meowed. Then it did something really strange. It ambled around in a circle three times, as if it wanted to be sure I was watching. Then it glared at me again and turned the corner, disappearing behind the lighthouse. I rushed up to the end of the building and peered around. The rock on which we stood ended just a couple of feet beyond. The waves pounded the rock's face below. The cat continued to meander casually along the ledge. A massive wave struck the rock. The impact shook the ground and sent me to my knees. A torrent of water shot up the sheer face that continued up and over the lighthouse. Then it dumped down, drenching me again in icy water and pounding me to the ground. The cat, which by all rights should have washed away, simply continued its stroll. Fuck! I stood up, wiping my face, sputtered, then turned back to Max. I think we need to go this way. Max came up and peered around me, running the flashlight along the ledge. In some places, there seemed to be roughly the equivalent of a man's height from the lighthouse to the cliff's edge. In others, the path was only a couple of feet wide. Max passed the light's beam over the cat, washing it out of existence, just momentarily though. It reappeared as she continued to examine our path, meowed at us, and continued on. Max looked at me like I was nuts. Maybe there's a door or open window on the other side, I said. Just then, another massive wave hit, shaking the ground and soaking us with salty foam. Don't be a pussy, I joked, and swallowing my fear, I stepped onto the narrow space between wall and ledge as quickly as I could. I trained my eyes on the ground just ahead of me, trying to block out the sheer hundred-foot drop and the crashing waves below. Max shined the light at my feet, helping me find safe places to step. This time, there was little comfort knowing that she followed a pace behind me. If I tripped, I was going over the cliff alone. My world was the small circle of light she cast, period. The wind threatened to blow us off our precarious perch. It pelted our faces with driving rain. I kept my back to the wall and with my feet felt my way forward. Lightning crashed again. We reached the halfway point. I felt the sea gather its strength. The surf below pulled back, a massive inhale before Panicked, I sprinted for the end. The sea slammed against a stone, rattling the world beneath me. I stumbled, 
Unable to stop, I reached the corner and blundered past. My foot landed on a small stone, likely no bigger than my fist. It had probably laid in the same spot for decades. I stepped on it, but not squarely. My foot slid off to the right, and my body, careening out of control, followed. My arms flailed as I tilted out into the air. Helpless to stop, my momentum carried me forward and out into space. I plunged off the cliff. Somehow, I spun my body in midair, but all I could do was watch as the cliff seemed to grow away from me. Max, her eyes wide in horror, screamed my name as I dropped away from her, out into the empty air. The ocean's roar grew louder as, in that instant, I surrendered, sure that I would die on the rocks below. The impact came sooner than expected, forcing the air from my lungs. One second, Max screamed down at me. The next, I looked down at her as a powerful wave hurtled me up and over the cliff. I watched her pass beneath me as I flew headlong and was cast for the second time that night onto the hard, forgiving rock. The world spun wildly as I tumbled. Finally, blessedly, it stopped, and I lay on my back, dazed and battered. It seemed to take a lifetime to get my bearings. I turned my head and saw Max sprawled against the wall just a few feet away. Well, that sucked, she said, matter of fact. I laughed. I couldn't help it. That was the funniest thing I'd ever heard. Exhausted, beaten, at the end of my rope. The insanity of what we'd been through was just so unfucking believable Max stared at me as if I'd lost it. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe and share it with someone you know who loves horror, paranormal thrillers, and things that scratch on your door in the dead of night. The Storytellers Pub podcast is a production of Storytellers Publishing. I'm D.L. Strand. Thank you for joining us here at the pub. Please join us tomorrow for chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Into the Storm.